Welcome to the Drop Doctors Podcast, your weekly dose of fantasy footy content. G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Draft Doctors. I'm your host Stevie Fears and as always I'm joined by Cam McLaughlin who's oh, he had a bad week. Let's be honest, it was a bad week. Um, yeah, Cam, you want to run run people through it? Yeah, it was a pretty bad week. My uh, old boy Labrador uh, has been with us for 13 and a half years. Um, took a really bad turn for the worst, just basically couldn't stand up on Saturday and then, you know, degraded to the point where we had to put him down on um and put him down on Sunday. So it was a pretty horrible weekend. Uh no one is better for it except for Milo our Labrador because, you know, he was he wasn't in a good way. So yeah. Yeah, no, it sucks. It's uh it's fucking shit. It's fucking yeah, it shit. Sucks. We've been it through sucks. that and it's and it's shit. But uh on the other side, uh looked like you had a pretty crazy street party for Halloween. Oh, did I send that? I yeah. was very drunk at the time. Yeah, you did. Uh, so you I, did. I, yeah, very good. It was apparently, you know, my locale in Brisbane is like Latin America heavy. Yeah, we we have a, a, a not very diverse group of people here. It's just that community, apparently. But it was awesome. They had, uh, yeah, like a couple of bands and. Uh, someone did a haunted house, and it wasn't the creepy kind. It wasn't like kids all come over to my house. It was they'd done it up properly, which was mm. nice. Mm. Yeah, it sounds better than ours. Like we, we, um, like the girls, like Emma, Emma, and, and Baby Fizz are right into all that shit. So they dressed up, did the front, made this zip line from the veranda down to the gate, so they didn't have to have like people come to the door, and um, they could reel the the lollies back in. And then, and then no one I, showed up. Oh no! Because I I saw that going a way different way with the zip line. I was like, this is going to be fucking awesome. They no. fucking made a zip line, and they go down the zip line to deliver the candy, and then walk back. I was like, that is that's going to be awesome. No. But no, it's, no, it's far less. No, it wasn't great. It was it was bad times. But um, Cam, have you ever been to New York? I have, and I have. um. How was it? Did you did you encounter any troubles? I was at, from what perspective? Like people. I mean, the food. I don't know. The food's amazing. Yeah, the food's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did Why? you did you did you get arrested? Uh, I, I didn't. This is going. No, not no. No, well, because oh, I've been to New York, and it seems an easy place not to get arrested unless you're an absolute fucking muppet, right? Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. You must be talking about one uh, Jordan de Jail. Well, I've actually called him Jordan to Content. Um, a lot of people <laughs> suggested that we were a bit light on after last week's show, <laughs> and and amazingly, Jordan to go, he stepped up to the plate and, and provided everyone with a bit of content in the off season. And Harold Sun's just like, holy shit, we're going to do twelve stories a day on this. This is fantastic. So, uh, Jordan to Content, it. well done. I, I think Mitch Cleary hadn't posted for like. Since you know the draft, or not since the draft, since um, since all, all the trade deadline day, <laughs> and then he's just come out of his slumber. Jordan Degoe arrested in New York. It's like, oh my god, who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? That gift that you posted, the the fry gift with the, well, not that shocked. Not you know. that shocked. It's very accurate. <laughs> it is, but um, 
And, and, and obviously, there'll be a lot of fantasy questions. What what happens? I think there's a lot to play out. Yeah, and, yeah. And we don't have to make any decisions. I, I'm very happy to say that, you know, our content for today, which, you know, we're going to go through top 12 rankings and um, potential breakouts. I didn't have to consider him the cause or effect of anything Jordan Degoe related in my lists. I think there's a, there's an even, there's a different um, line of question, Cam, and it's something we probably don't talk about uh, in fantasy circles enough. It's just like, oh, well, our job's just to talk about the players and blah, blah, blah. I think... Like what, and even last year you could argue uh, Degoe was was someone who fell into this bracket. Is people who when when they're on you know accused of something like this and and they're facing court case and sentencing for what we would consider pretty fucked up things, right? Is it actually ethical to play them in fantasy football now? Um. In, in salary cap, you know, you're obviously managing your own team, so you don't have to. You can either just go, well, I'll have him or I won't have him, and, and I can live with that. Um, but in draft, someone like Dugowie is is going to be selected, right? At some point, someone's going to go, you know what, I will have him. And it's like, well, am I going to be the owner who um, just picks him and, and you know, I, I don't have a problem with it. It's just a name. It's just a player he can deal with. Mm. Um, the problems and I'll have him as a player but then someone will go well I, I'd rather not own a player who um, we and obviously we don't know the backstory of every player in the competition but I'd rather not deal with someone who is a repeat um, maybe issue with women sort of guy yeah. if that makes sense yep. do you have any thoughts on that um, I prefer not to draft them to yeah. be honest um, I'm, I kind of make that ethical play but uh, on in our league, there you cop a fair bit of shit when you do draft them. You're just constantly being, you know, like you, you're the sexual offender team, or like you know some bullshit like that. There's this one guy. So even back in the day, um, geez, even a couple of years ago, he basically did some on a wild night out, and this barely made. I may not have even made the news. Racer sprays like coat nose like just a, a pretty this is ending his day allegedly as, allegedly allegedly <laughs> allegedly um anyway but well one of my friends was on the receiving end of it so he kind of knows right oh right um, yeah wow well, yeah and so the <laughs> he was poison in our league like you could not touch him without just copying shit and your team would just become racist <laughs> it's just you know, I'm here. I'm here for that. That's that's actually a good. It's a novel. You know, modern modern problems require modern solutions, right? <laughs> yeah. And like this guy. Anyway, yeah. as Cam mentioned, we are talking our top twelve overall AFL fantasy ranks. My goodness, it's it's coming, Cam. We're in November. Far out. Yeah. Um, when our preseason starts, what soon? Like a week. The, yeah, the first burning up the track stuff is going to come out like pretty soon. There's been a lot of oh, footage already. Oh, really? Yeah, teams are coming back early. Well, like, they're coming back. Players are just training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially, I saw a bunch of the North kids, which uh, has you a little, has me a little bit excited about guys like you know Jai Simkin and um, Taron Thomas and the like. But yeah, I think it's uh, good signs for some of the younger sides. Taron, is it? Wasn't it? I'm pretty I sure Stato said it was Taron. Yeah, but Stato says it's Partiff, right? He does. 
Anyway, Cam, why don't you run us through your top 12 AFL fantasy players from an overall perspective? Who This is a first round sort of thing. Fuck. Do we do five and five or? Well, we'll do six and six. Six? Oh, yeah, that makes more sense, doesn't it? It does. All right. I'm going to start with Tom Mitchell at one, Jack Steele at two, Tuke Miller at three, Jack McRae at four, Sam Walsh at five, and Rory Laird at six. I don't even have Laird. Oh, really? Don't even have Laird. You just think he's backing it up. Yeah. You think Matt Matt Crouch's groin is kaput? Matt Crouch's groin is backing it up. Wow. His injury injury year. Yeah. You hate to see that. (laughs) Yeah. But even if he does come back, I think, if anything, that sort of, that probably helps Laird a little bit as well. I think Laird can can go bigger. Bigger? Yeah. Really? Yep. Fucking Jesus. Just so so good at accumulating, man. He, yeah, he is. He is. He's a star. It's just um it's interesting. Yeah, okay. So I got Tom Mitchell at one as well. I have Jack Steele at two as well. I have Sam Walsh at three. Whoa! Nice. I wanted to go higher. Nice. Um I got McRae also at four. I got I got track at five. Yep. And I got uh I got Took at six. I, I think he comes back a little bit and I think um GW uh sorry, Gold Coast are a little bit um Less possession heavy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I can... Uh, my logic behind two get three was just that I think the Suns can get better. And, yeah. you know, it's probably only... To get to him where you are suggesting it's what? The difference of a kick and mark loss or something, you know? Yeah. It's not the end of the world, but... Um, yeah, I, I think he can just regress slightly. Yeah, and, yeah, and, be, and be fine. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So the only so we had McRae the same, uh, Petraka. You just not not seeing him in that top bracket, or uh, oh, he's coming, he's yeah. coming, yeah. So got my back six, I've got uh, Zach Merritt at seven, I guess. Uh, Callum Mills at eight. I've made an assumption that Mitch Duncan is going to retain forward status that he got late in the year, uh, and so I'm saying Mitch Duncan at whatever position that is. Nine. Uh, nine. Petrarca, Grundy, and Andrew Brayshaw. Grundog. Grundog. I th- Look, he averaged 106. I think there is a world where he goes back to being an absolute monster. And, you know, that's still probably going to be a... T- you know, I was looking at Lysette, right? Lysette is a surefire, you know... Ruckman that you can probably get late in the draft and get a lot of value out of, but it's still going to be twenty points on top to have Grundy. Like that's the that's the the yeah. reality of it. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind. I don't, actually don't mind it. I was I was tossing up whether I have him or Gorn in the top yeah. twelve again. I probably don't. I just I just see a little bit more value. Um, Maybe if you're if you're picking at that back end anyway, you could probably get Darcy on the wrap in round two. If that's that's probably yep. not my flavor, but I, uh, I I find it really hard to take Darcy early just because of how he's built like a bloody piece of paper, right? And, and but, I think a lot of his good scores came against absolute no one. In yeah, Iraq, correct. Which is um, where I think people are overrating him. Yeah, pretty slightly. Um, so Mitch Duncan gets forward status. You think 
man, we got a lot of players different. Zeret's an interesting one. I got him at ten, and he's just he's just always a guy, isn't he? He's always yeah, in he just there. just gets a, like a really high performing jag, the high, HP jag. That's pretty rough. Is it? No, but he gets it done. Yeah, he's a gun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, HP jag. He's great Western Victorian. <laughs> uh, so I got I got Zorko at seven. He's um, yep. my first position player. I think the um, the goey. Uh, we'll see what happens there, but I'm probably not super keen. I want to see what happens with Ryder at St Kilda, how fit he is in the preseason, because I could quite easily um, see Romarsh being really high up there. All right, Aaron Hall at eight, man. Like I, I can't avoid those numbers. It's, yeah, it's hard. It's it's really really tough. Um, and also, I think when you're drafting this back half, a lot of those guys like um, Zach Merritt. Callum Mills, um, you mentioned Goatshaw, Josh Kelly. They're, they're kind of that 105, 110 player. Sometimes they'll be a fraction higher. Sometimes they'll be a fraction lower. It seems like there's a lot of those guys this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Like I was kind of looking through my list and I'm like, uh, so I had, I had Zorko and Hall just missing, right? But then you've got guys like Taranto, Ollie Wines, who had a, a massive year, Jake Lloyd without... Dawson could be great again. You know, there's the list goes pretty deep, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I got um, I've got Lloyd at nine. I'm pretty yeah, comfortable. Okay. He he returns, and I've got some question marks over some of the other defenders as well. To be honest, I think he can yeah. sort of separate a little bit there. Again, I said Zerat at ten. I got Callum Mills at eleven. Really didn't do anything wrong, but he did miss a couple of games at the end of the year. Yeah, and yeah, I got Andy Brayshaw, the Goat Shaw at twelve as well. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah okay. Cool. Yeah, I'm a big nice. fan. Yeah, I think he can go bigger as well. Like, I, I I really think he could potentially push that sort of one six to one ten range in AFL fantasy, and probably a bit bigger in Super Coach. Well, I feel like he could actually get into the top five. Wow. Um, yeah. It's just yeah. like, so Chera's gone, so there's a bit more outside ball. Nat Fife breaks down. Like, it, the only thing he, he really needs to bring the floor up, right? Yeah. When yep. he gets tagged, sometimes he can really put, put out a 50 60 instead of a 85 90. Um, he's yeah. got a great ceiling, obviously. Yeah. And that's the, that was my reason for leaving Wines out. I think he was just massive this year, but his floor when he got tagged was not great. Um, and he, you know, obviously has a couple of other players who can pick up the slack from him and get better. So I think he probably regresses a little bit. Um, interesting about, uh, where did you have Tim Taranto? Yeah, he's a, he's a tough one. I'm, I'm struggling with the, the GWS. So I, I have Josh Kelly still as my number one GWS mid. So he'll be coming in pretty, yeah, look, he was in the conversation for 12. So he'll be, very close to there or thereabouts. Um, but again, like I don't have wines in mind. I don't have lines. I don't have Neil. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's all these guys I, I could have. I love Taylor Adams this year. I reckon he's yeah. going to be huge. Uh, just the injuries keep him down a bit. So for me, there's a lot of guys who can really fit into this um, 10 to 20 range. And I, I think that's where you're going to have to be taking some gambles on the other positions because like there's so many midfielders right there's yeah, so many yeah, midfielders yeah. it's like yes let's square away a captain with those top few picks but once you get to that back half okay i'll take a position player and okay i'll take a um a, a midfielder yeah I, I think you could flip it as well and this is where i always get a little bit 
um, caught out in the lead up time to draft day, right? So towards the back end of the first round, you are very, you're going to get an excellent midfielder. Like you'll get someone who will be a captain lock for most of the year, but you could also go that key position route and back that up with two midfielders. And both of the midfielders you back it up with could go anywhere between 104 and 110, like still be really good. And all of a sudden you've got a differentiator and you've got two kick-ass mids. It's, there's just too, it's so deep from that mid perspective. Yeah. And I always think sometimes you just sort of got to luck into that, right? Whether it's someone gets injured in the preseason, uh, someone maybe gets a role change you didn't think was going to happen. I, I think it's more likely that it's a, um, it's an injury to say, uh, like Nat Fife gets injured, Brayshaw goes bonkers or mm. something like that. That, that. that That's the sort of story I tell myself. That, and that's sometimes luck because that injury yeah, might okay. happen in round two. Um, yeah, it's, it's just an interesting thing. And that's kind of why like AFL Fantasy and Supercoach are so different is you really, in Supercoach, you can't miss those mids. You really got to, like stacking mids is good. AFL Fantasy... You tend to be able to find mids later on in the draft, whereas getting those value players in the defensive line and the forward line really, I think they can really separate you. Like if your top forward is is Rowan Marshall and someone else's top forward is Toby Green, yeah, holy shit, that's that's fifteen points right there. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. Yep, makes a lot of sense. So. Anyway, that's our uh, early thoughts. And, and obviously, positions aren't out yet, so nah, uh, Zorko yeah. might not be a forward. Duncan may not be a forward. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't know. So, uh, early days. But breakouts. Everyone loves a breakout, Cam. Everyone loves yeah. a breakout. People have changed clubs. Uh, the, the players are heading back to the clubs to, to fire up the training. Yep. Uh, it's so hard to just pick two. Like, they, there are so many candidates, I think, next year that... It's going to make drafting the back half of the draft really fun if the front half of the draft is a little bit more formulaic with, you know, mids all over the town. But, um, yeah, geez, there's a lot that can go. Yeah, yeah, nothing says it's the first week of November. Like, holy shit, no one's got downside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And actually, most of the people that I've listed may just not have any upside at all. So <laughs> I, I might just start with one that I'm pretty confident in. And I, I you know, isn't a midfielder. Uh, Hayden Young. Fuck him. Do you have Hayden Young? <laughs> I got Hayden Young. We should have done this. You said you had five. Pick someone else. <laughs> well, why don't you tell us about Hayden Young? Plays for Fremantle. Take, he kicks. Oh, he does a lot of kicking and he takes intercept marks and and he had a good finish to the year. Yeah, it's, it's good. Is Sarong <laughs> on your list? Or is no, that... he's not. He's not. Okay, he already good. broke out. Be... He, he yeah, broke he's already out. broken out, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, my, I'll go with my first then and yeah. say uh, uh, Schoenberg. I think oh, Schoenberg is... Yeah. I think he's going to be really good next year. All he has to do is lift his game time to do a lot more damage on the AFL Fantasy scoreboard, and I think the opportunity is there for him to do that. Third year uh, should see a uptick in fitness should see an uptick in in time around ball as well so and should still be mid forward going into next year so i think there's uh, a lot to like yeah it's an interest i find adelaide a really fascinating team it's it's they're really one speed through the midfield which yeah. is the the big problem 
And as we've said before, right, Matt Crouch comes back and it's like, well, oh, great, another one that they've got that's another Ben Keys. You know, it's the, they're, yeah. they're kind of all very similar. I think Schoenberg provides a little bit of difference in that he has a really great um, ability to kick the ball. He's not just a midfielder who gets in and under and handballs. His kick-to-handball ratio is like one-to-one. Yeah. Um, so he he's, can definitely build a score. Um, yeah, I think he think he could be quite a good pickup. Hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, my uh, first or second uh, <laughs> is 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 Dry Newcomb uh, from the Hawks. Oh, really? The Duke? Just a midfielder. Just a midfielder, low fifties average. But don't let that fool you. Uh, the six games uh, round twenty three was only twenty percent game time. So scratch that from score. Uh, but the Mitchell's boy thing is, uh, yeah. I'm I'm buying in, I'm buying in, and I don't think Hawks, the Hawks are a team where there's so many locked up guys in that midfield that someone else can't come through and and get in. And he certainly put some scores together at the end of the year. I think you know Wingard can play forward, Amira can play outside, yada yada. Um, so I think there's a, a real opportunity for someone to step up there. Eight marks and eleven tackles in a single game. Wowee. Yeah. Gotta love that. Uh, so 111 Dream Team. Uh, he scored an 87 Dream Team. So a couple of really big scores there in, in a handful of games. Uh, you know, if Hawthorne are allegedly shopping the older guys, which that's allegedly. Uh, allegedly. That word's been bandied about on this. Look, it's a, it's the like, allegedly pod. Yeah. <laughs> allegedly. Is that like the... Um, what's that? Uh the song, you know, from um, that movie where that guy... <laughs> Fucking hell. No, the Super Tramp song. The Super Tramp what? Song. You know Super Tramp? No. Oh. It was um, the logical song. When I was young, it's in the... Oh, yeah. It's in The Simpsons. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um. What the hell was I talking about? <laughs> so I think he has as good an opportunity as any of these late round midfielders that we're going to be talking about, like Will Brody and others, others well, like Finlay McRae yeah. and Nick Dacos and Dacos, Jason yeah. Horn franchise. I, that is excellent, by the way. Um, so mine is going to be another Hawks mid because I fucking have the same logic as you steve but there's nothing locked down there and and there's definite opportunity there for others to step up and it's our lord and savior connor nash um Mm. he played the uh you know like seven games something in those seven games he dropped three 90s scores in afl fantasy playing in the midfield slightly worse than super coach which is never a good sign but it was his first run in the midfield um, he generally to date has played as a forward. So I think it's those scores and the, the type of um, player that he is in regards to, um, you know, big bodied mid. The fact that in the transition period he played, right? So 
round 16, 17, 20, 21, 22, 23 are when he got his games. And that's when I would think that Clarkson is probably stepping away a little bit more and letting Sam Mitchell take over a little bit of the reins and planning so that he can develop the guys that he wants to play there next year. Similar with Jai Newcomb after they picked him up in the mid-season draft. I, I, I think both of them, you know, you could flip a coin probably on them and, and do okay. Does that make it less likely that one of them actually breaks out? Yeah, they're, go, they're both going to break each other. Yeah. Like we, I look at Collingwood this year and it's like, oh, there were so many guys who could replace um, Trelaw and it was just like a handful of, like a whole raft of guys were just kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's going to be the same next year with uh, Chris Mayne, right? So Chris Mayne was excellent this year. Super, super good. Lots of points there. But, you know, who's going to replace him next year? It's probably... You know, going to be someone like uh, who's that bloke that you like, Russ? No, on the wing, young bloke. Oh, Polter. Yeah, someone no, like but a, Pol- yeah, no. Well, that's what we were talking about. Yeah, last week he might not get those crazy mark tallies. Well, that's it. Yeah, okay. That's why yeah. I kind of like um, young. If he's coming over from like at, at Fremantle, it's it's probably a little bit different. They're not like Longmuir didn't really come from that. Um, territory game plan. He came from the possession game plan. So, you know, and obviously it's a copycat league and, and once a club's successful, the assistants get hired out and you see that. Well, the, the clubs who have been successful like Richmond and that, they, they, they were not good fantasy teams. Yeah, yeah, not at all. Um, and that, that game style seems to be, you know, continuing as well. Like, play people just want to get the ball in. 50, uh, like any way as possible, and then just keep it there, right? And so yeah. being tactical about, or or even more strategic about how you're going to get the ball in seems to be less of a um, successful path to goal these days. Yeah, and it might just mean like over, until someone combats it, like this will just permeate yeah. through the game. Yeah, yeah. So all scores are down. You've gone the other way. Instead of there is only upside, there is only downside in the entire league. That's how I live my life. That's right. Bring everything down. Everything. (laughs) Everything. Uh, And and that's where Supercoach is is fine because it just stays the same. Everything stays the same. Nothing changes. All the points are made up. That's absolutely right. And, um, you know... Talk about ethical playing Supercoach. Talk about ethical putting bets on Supercoach. My goodness, what a Russian roulette that must be. Um, do we have any questions on the tweets? We do, Russ. Ooh. Oh man, Russ. Russ. Wanted to, Russ wanted to know our. Um, Russ wanted us to do like a porno draft or some shit. Fucking, it's a wild ride with Russ. <laughs> Russ, uh, what do you guys think will be Warner's and Devin Robertson's roles next year? Hashtag more mid-time. Also, despite playing off halfback last year, which I think was out of necessity, do you see Bramble getting regular mid-time under the new coach at Hawthorne? I think Bramble will probably still... If he plays, he'll still play out of the halfback. I thought his ball use was actually really, really good. And one of the highlights of the Hawks uh, year that they, they were able to find it, I think there'll be a bit of a struggle when Impey comes back because it's the similar kind of role that Impy plays, but um, I wouldn't think that he's getting mid-time ahead of people like Tom Mitchell, Warple, the, you know, Lord and Saviour, Connor Nash, Jai Newcomb. And who was that? there was another bloke they found and threw in there, wasn't there? 
I don't know. Yeah, yeah Winga- Wingard. Yeah, who? who? I can't believe they picked him. Yeah, who? No, there was actually another one. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I, I think he, the worst possible scenario for Bramble is he plays off the half forward. Because hmm. um, he doesn't score well there. As far as the other two, uh, I, who were they? Who have we got? Stato loves Warner. I'm big on Warner as well. Um, but I, I think he's going to be hard to draft because he'll be mid only. Um, and so, and I think that's where his role will be as well. There is a chance that someone like a robot and pushes him out of that spot as oh, well. Right? Fucking let it go. Um, no, 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 no. He's still good. He's just injured. He was carrying. You get know. McInerney. Get McInerney. That's the yeah, breakout spot, right? And Devin Robinson was weird last year. He was just like not playing for some reason. Yeah, I don't know what his role is going into next year. You'd think they start to transition a little bit more, or they have to change something, right? But yeah. Uh, Ads asks, if someone doesn't mention Jordan to go, he's a double entendre breakout contender, I'll be disappointed. Is it a double entendre? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think it is. I was very confused at this. Just Jordan to content. Uh, Surly asks, in the first five rounds of a redraft, are you prioritizing ceiling and average points or consistency? I.e., would you take a player that has high variance? Mm, probably low variance, high ceiling for the first couple. So some that's your Titch and your you know Jack Steele and those guys, and then probably flirt a little bit more with variance as the draft goes on. Probably not in the first five rounds though. I'm okay with it, Cam. I'm okay with taking a player who yeah. you know a Taylor Adams, a Josh Kelly, uh, yeah. those sort of guys. But I don't want more than one. Yeah. And it's like um if 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 you've lived in society in the last five years, you'll have been pumped full of gambling ads, right? And they want you to lay multi bets. Why do they want you to lay multi bets? Because each bet they take a little bit, right? The vig, the juice, whatever you want to call it. When you multiply that, yes, you get better odds and you can get the big payout, but you also multiply your risk. Yeah. And so more things need to go right for you to win. It's the same thing with um, drafting, right? So if you, like, and I see this every year, people will take, like last year, they'll take, oh, Lockie Whitfield and um, someone coming off no preseason and uh, Rowan Marshall or so. Like, so more things have to go right for them. And then by round eight, they go, oh, geez, I'm on, yeah, you know, I'm on eight. Two, yeah. two, and, two and six and fuck, I'm totally cooked and these guys are re-injured and I've got more injuries and I can't make moves because my bench is trapped with these guys I can't drop. Yeah. That was me last year. I just got very lucky that I had Tuke Miller as well. And like, so it kind of, because I had, in the first three rounds, I took Whitfield and Taylor Adams from memory as two and three. Both of them injured preseason. Lockie Whitfield basically didn't play for seven rounds. I think Tay Tay was similar. Um, pretty, pretty tough times. But yeah, I'd definitely avoid that. Yeah. Yeah. Ninja asks, no Ruckman in the top 12. Uh, Gorn Jackson shares points in his mind. Grundy with a new coach question mark. Which Riley O'Brien arrives in 2022? 20, thinking punt rocks and let someone else take the risk is the go. I feel like Grundy is a lot. I, I, the new coach came out and said he doesn't have a um, mortgage on the rock position. That's a kick up the arse more than anything else, I'd suggest. I, I really think he does have a mortgage on the rock position and he's going to be excellent. 
Yeah, yeah, I got no problem with Grundy in the first round, but I'm probably not yeah, that top five area. That they, well, I mean, he's been top two area in the last few years. Yeah, I think he's back end of the first. Well, and he might be good value for you there. Yeah. Uh, Toby asks SPS in the guts at West Coast, and then just Pruce question mark question mark question mark. <laughs> yeah, Pruce as a great late draft, you know, breakout potential or break pr- potential, right? Because he's not very durable, and uh, SPS in the guts probably not. I think he's probably going to be half forward. Yeah, I don't see SPS for getting into that midfield if everyone's fit. Yeah. Robert asks, do you think that Supercoach does himself a disservice by announcing the positions so late? Wouldn't it be better to know the fantasy positions of the new players before the AFL draft? Thoughts? Does it Does it matter? I don't think it really matters. But I don't think that, like, to the, I think they come out pretty much the same time as AFL Fantasy anyway. Like, because if you're a gold, mm. subs- gold subscriber, you can um, get it. But I'd, Look, we're talking to the sickos. We are the sickos, right? We, mm. You don't need to know this shit until February. Yeah, yeah. There's no real point. Like, you can start planning in January. Yeah. But but so, so what? Mitch Duncan doesn't get forward status. You change one guy around. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Fremantle asks, after his star performance last week, when does Russ get to appear on the show? Russ is more of a backroom content provider here at Plies. Yes. Mm. Yes. Um, he also asks, after today's news, Lipinski season. No. I don't think it hurts. No, it, oh, for sure it doesn't hurt. But I, I just don't think the two things are going to be related in any way. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I feel like they play vastly different roles. They do. They do. It could be worse. They might. Get, well, yeah, look, let's say. What, let's say he's out. Right. And they need someone in the midfield and in the forward line. I feel like they have a lot of guys who can play midfield already, whereas maybe mm-hmm. they're lacking in half. Maybe they're not. I don't. I don't know. But they, yeah. I, I think we really need to wait and see where he lines up yeah. with Lipinski because, yeah, you don't really have much to go on. I I feel like it's a, a stretch to say that he'll benefit from Dugowie. You know who won't benefit if Dugowie misses out is Jamie Elliott. He is like forward. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But I mean, he was shit as a midfielder anyway, right? Yeah, he was, and yet, yeah. and yet, Cam. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mark asks Jordan Dugowie to break out of his jail cell. Wow. Imagine, hey, Cam, <laughs> we've never brought it up on this show because it's just a, it's just a random thing. In you know who was killed in their cell in New York? Oh. <laughs> it's been some time. We're getting dark. It, it's been some time here since he's been raised on here. Mm. What's happened? Have you been following recently? Nah, not really. It's also uh, quiet as best I know because that we're waiting on that uh Gilane. Jizz, jizz lane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which given the circumstances probably not such a good name. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just getting swept away under under the carpet till everyone forgets. We, Thanks uh, for listening, listeners. Um, yeah, not the tight pod. Stuck so. it out to the end of this one. 
Uh, we had some talk about the uh, the live draft cam. The live draft will be happening. We'll get Ooh. that. It's not an auction draft. Not an auction draft. I have Ooh. more tricks up my sleeve than that. Uh, get it together, people. Come on. You know we throw better curveballs than that. We got some big Barry Zito in his prime fucking snappers, right? I'm actually really keen for an auction draft at some point. Have you done one? Uh, no, because I don't want to do one. Like, what? what oh. if, do you know how long auction drafts take? Oh. Fucking forever. I feel like in my league, it would, people would end up with really shit teams because they'll throw all their money really quickly. Like NFL auction drafts take a long time, oh, okay. and, and AFL teams are twice as big. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, let's bid on, you know, Bailey Fritch. A buck. Yeah. A buck. <laughs> yeah. Just does the mo the mo size lack just walks across the stage. <laughs> <laughs> the mo what? Mo size lack. Yeah, Sizlack. Size lack. Yeah. Anyway. Let's call it. I'm tight. Rooted. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening to the Draft Doctors Podcast. For more tips and in-depth analysis, head over to thedraftdoctors.com.au.